Hey, welcome to Val's Word of the Day, where I'm passionate about resourcing you with biblical truths, and my hope is that you'd be transformed by the power of the gospel. Hey, if you're new to this podcast, first I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. It means a lot to me. Um, Also, if this podcast blesses you in any way, uh, would you consider writing a review and sharing it on your socials? Uh, This helps with exposure as I get the gospel out. All right, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode. And the title of today's episode is How to Win the War in Your Mind. How to Win the War in Your Mind. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Very famous text on taking our thoughts captive and winning the battle in our mind. So here we go. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And here's the key verse that I want to touch on. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is God's word. You know, as I begin today, I want to make this statement for those that are just feeling very discouraged right now. Everyone listening to this podcast is fighting some kind of giant in their lives. You know, it could be family related. It could be your finances, school, addiction, depression, and whatever you're going through. I want to just remind you, God is able to touch and restore any part of your life today. He's able. And that change doesn't happen when I have persuasive words. It's something that God does. It's an act of the Lord where God just grabs a hold of you and changes you. And I share that because I think a lot of us are defeated because we keep losing the battle in our minds. So today, we're going to learn how to win the war in our minds. Now, let me briefly give us some context of the verses that I just read. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. So this is the church of Corinth that he's talking to. And it's like, me coming to a church um, that's very prideful in the way that they think. They don't have a right view of who God is. They don't have a right view of the world. They don't understand the gospel. So Paul here is coming to a church who doesn't understand the gospel well. And he's saying, hey, I'm coming into this church and I'm going to destroy the way that you think. So he says, demolish any arguments against the knowledge of God. And the weapon that Paul uses is not some cute Instagram quote or some knowledge that he picked up in school. The weapon that Paul uses is God's word. And he defeats the arguments by the power of the Holy Spirit. And these couple of verses that I read, they don't apply 
only when we fight against how the world thinks, but how we think in our personal lives. So that's what's happening in these verses. Paul is teaching us to demolish. So think of like a fortress. It's any worldview, in other words, ways of thinking, like philosophies that are not biblical or mindsets that are not biblical. And he says, destroying strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a mindset that is against the word of God. Let me give you an example of a mindset. My life does not matter to the Lord. Like that's, that's a stronghold. It's an incorrect mindset. Or here's another one. God can't use me. Or I can earn my way into heaven. These are strongholds. So I'm going to teach you today how to take your thoughts captive and how to win the war in your mind. First, I want us to understand we are in a battle in our minds. The enemy works overtime to fill our minds with garbage, and he wants us to believe lies about ourselves, lies about God, our sexuality, about the church we're in, all areas of our lives. And John 8, 44 says the devil is the father of lies. So you are in a battle. I am in a battle and I need to fight. Remember, Christianity is not a cruise ship. It is a battleship. And your parents won't fight for you. Your pastor won't fight for you. And your friends won't fight for you. So make a decision today to fight the battle that's taking place in your mind. Because if we lose in our minds, hey, listen, we lose in life, period. Like that's why people say, man, that dude lost his mind, right? Or my friend is losing his mind, aka going crazy. (laughs) When I played basketball in high school, as some of y'all know, got a little jump shot. (laughs) Uh, My teammates would tell me, and and I repented of this, Val, get in his head, talk trash. It was to the guy that I was guarding. And I remember I would say things like, you know, you can't shoot. You're done for the night. You know, you can't guard me. You're you're way too slow for me. And, And I would get in the dude's head. And my hope was that the person I was guarding would believe the lies that I spoke. Why? Because if he believed the lies in his head, I would take him out of the game. And the goal was to take the person that was guarding me and the person that I was guarding to take them out of the game. And listen, the enemy takes us out of the game when we believe his lies. And ultimately, he wants us to sit on the sidelines and say, You know, this evangelism stuff, it's only for pastors and leaders. And listen, that's a lie. You don't have to go to Bible college to be used by God. God uses ordinary people like you and I. And you don't have to get everything and understand the full Bible to be used by God. I want to encourage you with this truth. Obey what you know and have this posture that says, Lord, I am available. Use me. Because the enemy wants us to think, you know, God only uses pastors, church leaders. And listen, that that thinking, that's a stronghold. 
Remember, the enemy can't take your salvation, but he can discourage you. This goes all the way back to the garden in Genesis 3.1, where it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And hear this. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from this, from any tree in the garden? The reason Adam and Eve fell was because of an argument. Remember what I read earlier. It says we demolish any argument and every pretension. So they believed the argument of the serpent. The argument that they believed was, did God really say? Like they believed that argument. So they believed the lie of the serpent and they stopped believing God. And what was the result? They sinned. That's when sin entered the world. And the root of sin is unbelief. It starts in the mind. Then sin manifests itself on the outside. When we sin, we are saying, and this can be any sin, like drugs, drinking, pornography, masturbation, gluttony. We are believing those lies And here's the lie that we're believing. Those things taste better than Jesus. That's the lie. The lie is that those things taste better than Jesus. And here's how this plays out. We say to ourselves, hmm, I wonder if it's actually a sin to do this or that. Because, I mean, all my friends do it and like they go to church. So, I mean, it can't be a sin, right? And hear me, if you're wondering if it's a sin, then it's a sin, okay? We need to ask ourselves the question, will this help me get closer to Jesus or farther from Jesus? I love how Andy Stanley put it. He said, don't ask, is it wrong? Ask, is it wise? I always ask myself, will this rob me of my passion for Jesus? And if it will, you know, then don't do it. Now, it's also important that we pay attention to our emotions, like watch your emotions, because our emotions are usually a response to what we are saying in our heads. Like our moods don't just come out of nowhere. Like when we feel depressed, anxious, angry, fearful, it's because we're believing something very specific in our minds. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what lie am I believing Like for me, I have to fight this all the time. It's the lie that I am not enough. When I was a teenager, you know, I believed the lie that I will never get married because I just wasn't smart enough and and, and I wasn't good with my hands. You know, my my dad's very gifted with his hands and like he can fix any car and like I I, I can't do (laughs) like I'm not good with my hands like me. I'm a pastor, I'm a biblical counselor, so I felt like I wasn't smart enough, I felt like I wasn't manly enough, that I, that, that I won't have wisdom at my job, that if I do become a pastor, I'm going to run out of messages to preach, and those are all lies, and I have to destroy them with, with God's word. And here's a question to reflect on. What is a lie you are believing right now that needs to be replaced with truth?
And here, here are some of the lies the enemy feeds us. And I want to give you some specific scripture to fight the enemy with this. So like the lie that says, I don't matter. If that's a lie that you're believing, I want you to write down 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And then it says, God's special possession. Or here's another lie. Things will always be this way. That is a lie. And if that's a lie that you're believing, I want you to write down 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, and God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The lie that you'll never overcome this addiction. Write down 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right next to that. And these lies the enemy feeds us that that we don't matter, that we're not enough. These aren't just lies for ordinary people like you and I. No, no, no. Doctors, artists, athletes, pastors, the, the motivational speakers that you listen to, listen, they all battle with these lies. Like for me as a pastor, I struggle with comparison. And for me, comparison always leads to insecurity. I love how uh, Lecrae put it in one of his songs. He said, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. I love that. If you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. And I, I say all that to remind you that you are not alone when you get those crazy thoughts. Like say you're struggling with lust or pornography. The enemy will tell you, Things will always be this way. And if that's a lie that you're believing, I want you to write down 1 Corinthians 6, 12. It says, I will not be mastered by anything. Or the famous Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, when a thought comes, we can do three things. And I want, I, I want us all to catch these things because this will help you win the war in your mind. We can accept the thought. We can replace the thought with truth, or we can express the thought. Let me say that again. We can accept the thought, replace it with truth, or express the thought. In our lives, I love this. Um, I think it was Craig Rochelle who said this. He said, our lives are going in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think about the most, hear me, is, is the direction that our lives are going in. So here's the question. I want us all to think about what sermon am I preaching to myself? Like what is that internal dialogue that I'm having with myself? And when you talk to yourself, talk to yourself from the word of God, not from your experience. Talk to yourself from the word of God. Not from things that people have said about you long time ago, labels that people have placed on you. So, so when I feel dirty, when I feel worthless, when the enemy attacks my identity, what do I do? I don't tell myself, yeah, I messed up. This runs in my family. I think I'm never going to overcome this addiction. No, no, no. I go to God's word and I talk to myself from the word of God. The best weapon that we can use is the word of God. 
not our experience or not things people have said to us. Now let's go back to our verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We have to understand when Paul wrote this, he was going around preaching the gospel in areas that had ways of thinking that were not biblical. So let me give you a worldview that's popular today. It's called humanism. Here's what humanism is. It says this, I don't need God. I am independent and I don't need God. Humanism believes man is his own God. Humanism believes to answer a problem in life, we don't need God. Why? Because we're smarter than God. Like that is a worldview. And Paul was going around preaching in different areas. And what was he doing? He was demolishing their ways of thinking. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I need to grow in my convictions. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you're young, I got a word for you. You're going to get a job, get your license, move out of the house, move out of parents' house. And if you don't grow in your convictions, what's a conviction? It's a firm belief. You're convinced of something. For example, you're convinced that Jesus is fully God. Jesus is the only way. You're convinced that you need the church. These are convictions that you have. And if you're not convinced of these things, you're going to go to school Watch movies that tell you you don't need God. And if you're not careful, you're going to drift from Christianity. Why? Because you're not convinced what the Bible says about these things. And that's why you need the church. That's why you need a small group where you can ask questions and grow in your convictions. I've grown in my convictions because I'm rooted in community. I have a small group. So how do we grow in our convictions? We, We read the Bible. We attend church, we commit to a small group, and we grow together. And here's why. Because community, it's kind of like a safeguard to bad thinking. Like imagine if I study the Word of God and I come up with this conclusion that uh, Jesus is actually not God. What will happen is I'll bring that to my small group and they'll say, (laughs) okay, Val, you're wrong. And they're going to correct me. And that's the beauty of a small group. Like we grow together in our convictions and we encourage one another. So Paul in our verses going around demolishing arguments. How? By preaching the gospel. And hear me, the gospel is the answer to all of life's issues. What's the gospel? It's who Jesus is and what he did for us. So when you mess up, when I mess up, we remind ourselves of what Jesus did for us. He died to set us free. He died to forgive you and I. Like, like, what am I doing? I am preaching the gospel to myself. And I tell myself, Val, don't run from Jesus. Run straight to him. Then Paul says every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. A pretension is when people study the Bible so that they can prove people wrong. That's what a pretension is. Not so that they can grow in their walk with Jesus. Pretension loves to debate the Bible without doing what the Bible says. And remember, the reason we fill our minds with the Bible is not to just remember a verse. No, when we read God's word, we are meeting with Jesus. 
the lover of our souls. That's what we're doing. See, this is not about technique. It's about coming to a person. It's about falling in love with Jesus every day. In fact, that's why many walk away from the faith because they try the church, they try technique, but they don't try walking with Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight, famous text says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And the call is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And as we learn to fill our minds with truth, we fall in love with the Lord. And I want us to think of our thought life like food. And I learned this from John Piper when he was talking about Philippians 4, 8 one time. Philippians 4, 8 says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, and whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, it says, think about such things. And I love how John Piper, he uh, compared our thought life to food. He said, there's food that makes us wiser, like brain food. Like I love to eat walnuts. Fun fact, a walnut is shaped like a brain. Good for your brain. (laughs) Then there's junk food. Junk food is like empty calories, right? In and out. Like when I, oh man, I miss in and out. (laughs) We don't have one here in Tennessee yet. Coming soon. Uh, But junk food, they're just empty calories. And then there's toxic food. And I love the distinction that John Piper makes. He says, the same is true for what we allow into our minds. And, and I'm just rewording it now. Some food for our mind will make us wiser and encourage us to be godly people. But then there's junk food, which is it's kind of just like information that doesn't really benefit us. Like when we scroll on Instagram for like an hour and we don't know what we just looked at. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not helpful. Because... Here's what I want us to remember. What we focus on grows. What we focus on grows. And whatever gets our attention and gets our focus gets us. Whatever gets our focus gets us. Like in high school, my weakness was listening to music. They had cuss words. And before I knew it, I started to cuss. Why? Because I filled my mind with garbage and eventually it leaked out of me. See, the enemy wants to blind our minds so that we can lose sight of the hope of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Here's what I want us to understand. Every person listening right now is a target of the enemy. You are a target of the enemy. And I can't stress this enough. There's verses I learned since I was a teenager that I still know today. And in my hardest moments, I go back to them. Like some of you guys know, my wife and I and my son uh, moved to Tennessee. We're coming up on two years. And we prayed about this decision for for roughly six months. and, And we knew God was in it. So we moved. And, you know, first couple of weeks, you know, we had a blast. You know, we're exploring restaurant music scene here is amazing. And I remember like week six came. I couldn't sleep. I was getting attacked in my dreams. I was just 
struggling. Spiritual warfare, depression settled in. We had house problems. And I remember just feeling worn out. And in that moment, I remembered Isaiah 40, 29. It says, you give strength to the weary and you increase the power of the weak. So I pray, Lord, increase my strength. You said in your word, you give strength to the weary. And I'm very weary right now. Like, what was I doing? I was talking to myself from the Bible, not from my past, not from my situation. And I started to remember and recall how faithful God has been in my life. And that led to prayer. That led to thanksgiving. But the question I ask myself is, who is behind these thoughts that I'm having? Like, who is inspiring these thoughts? And I spoke to myself from God's word. I spoke to myself from God's word. Why? Because our weapon is the word of God. This is Val's word of the day.